cake and sell it too. Join me each week as we discuss topics that might make our grandmothers blush, but will also help you navigate faith, family, and business. Welcome to the Housewife Hustle Podcast. Hey friends, today on the podcast, I'm going to be talking about my journey with infertility and how it started with the unlikely surgery. Also, I'm going to be talking about how I never really wanted kids and how that got turned on its head. And also about how Justin has helped me deal with all of this. So I hope you'll take a listen and you'll notice if you follow me on social media, today is the day that I go in for my second round of surgery, dealing with all this kind of stuff. So take a listen, subscribe, and let me know what you think. In 2014, I was a senior in college, sorority president, and getting ready to plan our wedding. I was recently engaged and completely excited that it was finally my turn to get married. I was planning the wedding, working a 24-hour credit semester, which is completely bananas to think about, and doing all your typical college things. I was going to sorority events and traveling to see my fiance who was in Washington State and life was normal or at least so I thought. Well one morning I was getting ready for class and I kept having these muscle spasms. I'd had a couple the day before and I thought it was related to working out as I had started CrossFit with my brother-in-law a few months prior and I wasn't sure if I just messed my back up or possibly even herniated a disc. Well, the pain persisted. The pain actually started coming every 30 minutes like clockwork. I was butt naked in my bathroom and the pain got so bad, I called my mom naked and said, you've got to come home. I think I need to go to the hospital or to the doctor. Well, my mom came home and took me to the doctor And because these pains were coming in spells in 30-minute increments, one minute I was fine, and next minute I was in excruciating pain. At the doctor's office, the nurse looked at me kind of like I was crazy, like, how are you fine right now? And then I was trying to explain to her the pain I was in. Well, about the time she was going to exit the room, the pain came back. I started, like, convulsing and just twitching, and just the pain was so bad I was crying. She ran out the room, came back with a needle, and gave me some shot in my butt that was honestly a miracle. So at that point, the doctor came in and said, we're going to send you for x-rays. They x-rayed me from the top of my neck all the way to my ankles, not knowing if this was a part of my spine, my hips, or whatever else. So I went to get the x-rays, and um, they told me just to hang tight and gave me muscle relaxers, you know the drill, until they can know what was coming back or what was the results were. And so that night I went to church with my parents. It was Wednesday night or Thursday night. I can't remember now. It's been four years. And <laughs> everything was normal. Um, the spasms had gone away. I rested. They told me not to go to class and not to do a lot of any movement and exercising, of course, until they could figure out what was going on. Well, Here came a phone call the next morning at 11 o'clock that completely changed everything. 
I was laying on the couch, and I will never forget it, watching the view, and my daughter called, and she said, Kendall, are you sitting down, or are you resting, and I said, yes, ma'am, I am, and she said, well, we got your x-rays back, and you skeletally look fine, but you're either a trimester pregnant, or something severely wrong with your uterus, and I paused. I knew <laughs> what this sounded like. I knew that pregnancy wasn't really going to be an option. I had done the math. It didn't make sense. My fiance is 3,000 miles away. And so I panicked. She said, can you come in for an ultrasound this afternoon? I said, yes, ma'am, I can. And so after I got the phone and scheduled the ultrasound, I called my best friend, Caitlin. I said, Caitlin, you've got to come here. I need to know whether or not for sure that I'm pregnant. Half of me, I think, wanted to be pregnant because I was terrified of what severely wrong with my uterus could mean. But I knew at the same time that it was severely, severely, severely unlikely. So Caitlin came and somehow made it from my house to Campbell and through by Walgreens within like 12 minutes. She brought a test along with several snacks and candies and things that she knew would make me feel better. And before I went to take the test, she asked, Kendall, do I need to pray for you to be pregnant or to not be pregnant? And I looked at her, and for the first time, I said, I don't know. And so I wanted to know this answer, whether or not I was pregnant, before I even called my mom. And so Caitlin came, I took the test, and within two minutes, we knew it was negative. That's when the panic kind of set in. Caitlin had to leave to go to class. I called my mom, and she came home. She was at an appointment. And um, she said, well, your sister can go with you to your appointment because I have to go speak at a career fair. Is that okay? And I said, yes, that's fine. But the meantime, all that's going through my head is my sorority philanthropy is ovarian cancer. I know all the signs and symptoms. And I knew what all this kind of looked like. And I was panicking because I'm like, dear Lord Jesus, please do not let me be the newest ovarian cancer martyr. I don't want to become the poster child of something that I've been raising money and attention for. So I became slightly but really overwhelmed while simultaneously becoming numb. I went to my ultrasound and everything seemed hunky-dory. The technician was doing the scan and she went from asking me about my wedding and being chipper and excited, really, really quiet. She started clicking and clicking and clicking. I didn't know what that meant at the time, but... She was taking pictures of something, and what she found was a very large mass, the size of a small Nerf football. You know the ones that kids play with right before they're able to play with a legal-sized football. I was so scared because I knew kind of what that meant. Well, that afternoon, we went to back to the doctor's appointment, and um, my sister was with me, who, by the way, was 38 weeks pregnant at the time. And so we walked into the doctor's appointment. We said, we're here for the ultrasound results. And the nurse at the counter kind of laughed and said, well, she's obviously pregnant. And we all laughed. And I said, well, it's actually for me. And the tone turned a little ominous. I walked into the doctor's office where the doctor was already sitting, waiting to receive me. And she looked with a calm, solemn look on my face. And she said, Kendall, there's a mass. And we don't know yet if it's cancerous or not. At that point, I stopped listening. I couldn't hear anything else. My body went into what I think is probably shock. And bless my poor sister who sat there and listened to the doctor's next few words 
about what needed to happen next because I was already out of it. During that time, she was explaining that I would need to see a specialist, but it would have to wait till Monday because it was now Friday. And so over that weekend, they had gave me some drugs to help me relax and to not be so anxious because I was, as you can imagine, tore out the frame, knowing that I wouldn't know whether the cyst or not was going to be cancerous for over a week was a little bit more than I wanted to hear. So over that weekend, I clung very cl close to my mother and stayed right tight by them. She went with me to my appointments pre-surgery. We scheduled all my things to make sure that I wouldn't miss class or too much work with everything going on. Shout out to my university, Campbell, who was so gracious and helpful during this time. So when it came time for my surgery, I was a little anxious, as you can imagine. That morning, my pastor, Paul Burgess, showed up at our house to pray with me. It was the sweetest thing to see someone pull in your driveway at 5.30 just to pray with you. And then we headed towards the hospital. Well, while we were at the hospital, they took me back rather quickly, and I wasn't even aware that we were starting the process, and I didn't get a chance to hug my parents or, you know, love them or pray with them before they took me back. So as they took me back, I got so upset and just started crying. I think I was just overcome. And so the nurse came by and said, well, would you like us to get your mom? And I said, oh, absolutely, through all the tears. And as they went to go get my mom, my minister from Campbell, um, who's kind of my spiritual mentor, came walking back. I mean, good gracious, Faith's name looked like an angel. And I kept crying even more, and she came to pray with me, and it was exactly what I needed. Faith knew kind of where I stood with wanting children and not really knowing if that was a thing that I wanted. And I was a little worked up to think that the nurse had just told me that I might not be able to have kids, and there's a possibility that going into this surgery, I may have a hysterectomy. I'm going in and come out not being able to bear my own children at all. And it was just a lot to take in. And so once Faith prayed with me, I continued to be overwhelmed. And I was given some good stuff to make me calm down. And my mom came back. And um, my mom prayed with me again and held my hand until it was time to go into surgery. And all I could think was, Lord, I don't know if I want kids. I, I, don't, I don't even know what that looks like. For as long as I've known, I want, knew I wanted to marry Justin, but I wasn't sure what I felt about children yet of my own. And so I prayed Hannah's prayer from the Bible of, Lord, if you give me a child, I will give it back to you. And I kind of modified it to say, Lord, if you give me the ability to have a child, I promise to give that child back to you. I just wanted the opportunity that if I did make the decision to have my own child, that I could. And that I just hated the idea that that could be taken away so quickly. You know, to go from one week not even thinking about having children to the next week, having to figure out what to do. You know, they were to have to take everything. And if I wanted to put my eggs up to be frozen, I mean, it was just so much to think about. So I went into surgery. Surgery went well. And I came out, and they had the best news I'd ever heard. And they said, Kendall, we have great news. We were able to save one of your ovaries. And I just looked at that nurse and said, I am so blessed. And for the rest of the day, I continued to bless everybody else.
and tell them how blessed they were. And so it was all that I could have asked for at that time. And um, that was a day that obviously shifted so, so much for me. But I have to tell you that that was just the beginning of a long journey with what motherhood and family would look like for my husband and I. I went from not wanting kids at all to now I hated the idea and the thought that I couldn't possibly have my own. And I have to tell you that part of, I think, the reason I went through such a deep depression was that it was a lot to comprehend and to understand that my flesh almost told me that I had to have a child and that I had to want to have a child, that as a woman that I should have to want to be a mother and that I should be yearning to be a mom. While in my heart, I wasn't sure that that, that was a desire of mine. And so I have struggled so many times as so many people have known what I've gone through with what to respond and how to respond when they are so eager to give advice about having children and how to get pregnant and what to do and how they've dealt with infertility. But I have to say that I feel almost guilty because though for four years we haven't been able to get pregnant, for a long time I think I wanted to get pregnant for the wrong reason. I think that I wanted to get pregnant to prove the statistics wrong, that it might say that it's impossible for me to get pregnant, but I could do it, that somehow this would be an achievement. And that's not what it should be. Being a mother and being a part of motherhood is obviously accomplishment. But I shouldn't look at pregnancy as an end-all, be-all goal And it shouldn't be something to check off my list. And so I've really spent the last year and a half talking to my husband and trying to make sure that am I trying to get pregnant for the right reasons? Am I yearning for a child because I deeply want to start a family? Or do I want a child to simply prove to the doctors that I could have one? And I I know that sounds crazy, and I know there are women out there that struggle with infertility, and on a daily basis, it is a reminder that they are broken and that their body doesn't work the way it's supposed to, And, and I feel that, and I understand that, but I also just want to take time and to speak to the women who may be like me and you're married and you're seeing all your friends have children and you see people around you have babies that are your age and you constantly get the question of when are you going to have kids or you know when are you going to take that next box off and grow your family and you don't know what to say because you're thinking but what if I don't want to have a baby right now or what if we want to wait And you almost feel this guilty weight of, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And I think a lot of 
my heartache and suffering from infertility stems from the fact that there is nothing that I can do, you know, to make my body function the way it's supposed to. You know, it there's nothing that I can will or work hard enough or even pay in a way to change something. And that's frustrating to me because I'm a find a way, make a way kind of girl. And that's just not one of these situations. So when this podcast airs, I'm sure I will be just a few hours out from my second surgery. I'm going in today for them to do a lot of cleaning out and fixing and, oh gracious, three surgeries and one sort of deal. And so many people have looked at me and thought that this surgery was strictly so that I could get pregnant. But to be honest, getting pregnant is secondary to my health and to my well-being and to making sure that I'm comfortable and okay. And if this is what fixes it, fixes my body and allows me to get pregnant, then that's a blessing. And we're just praying for God's guidance and direction in that. But I want you to also understand that becoming a mom isn't the end-all be-all goal for all women. I have no doubt that one day when we decide to expand our family or God blesses us with a child, that I will step right into that role and love that child more than Peter loved the Lord, just as I could just eat my nephews up with a spoon. But don't confuse my lack of being able to get pregnant or with my brokenness of a state of my body with being in a season of just complete disdain or lack of joy because there's days when it's completely frustrating and I will admit to you that every time I get my period or it's off or I take a failed pregnancy test that to me it feels like I'm striking out and I hate to lose but I want us to just consider what we assume of women and how we be careful of what we assume to women and how we talk to young girls and so that they know that it's okay to take care of yourself and it's okay to not want a baby and it's okay to go on your own path and just because you know you've checked all the boxes it doesn't mean you have to fit the societal norms of wanting a baby and so I just wanted to take some time and I have no idea if other women feel this way or you feel that conflictedness of I'm not able to get pregnant but I'm not sure if I want to get pregnant for the right reasons or if I want to be a mom yet or you know whatever that looks like and those are the things that I pray for that you know God gives me not only what I can handle but I pray that he is preparing my heart for exactly what I need and not necessarily what I want, whether that's a baby or not, you know, whether that is continuing to tell this story in this way or not. I just want to be a good steward of whatever season I'm in. 
And so as I go into surgery, I will continue to pray for healing of my body and that my body is able to function the way that it is intended so that I could carry a child one day, whether that's starting next month or two years from now or 10 years from now. But overall, I'm praying for God's will to be done in whatever way that is. So I want to also probably take a second and shout out to my husband who has been the most understanding person on the planet. What you probably don't know is in God's awesome and amazing timing, a week before I found out I had a cyst in 2014, a part of our pre-marriage counseling, we had to talk about children. And I explained to him how I wasn't for sure about how I wanted to have kids or what that might look like, but I was always convinced that I wanted to adopt a baby from Africa. And I didn't know what that would look like, and I wasn't sure how he would feel about it, but it was something that was always on my heart. And of course, at that point, I had no idea that that potentially may be one of my only options or that adoption would be our path. But without even flinching and without even hesitating, he said, I'm cool with that. And if you know Justin, that's all you need. That kind of seal of approval, just easy and go with the flow as he is. And I can't tell you as a wife and as, you know, one day a mother, what a relief it was and what what relief and just burden he lifted off of my shoulders after that, knowing that he would be okay and he would survive with not having a child that was of his own DNA and his own blood and that he didn't see having children or having family is strictly a blood connection. So back in the spring when we were actively trying to get pregnant and I had bought all the different contraptions and things that people had suggested to me and I was getting just wore out from it and I think between being in pain partially part of the month and then being disappointed that I couldn't make this happen or win this accomplishment, you know, he just looked at me and said, we don't have to do this. And I can't even explain to you what, I don't even want to use the word relief it was, but how much that made me feel like we would be okay and that we could together trust in God's timing. So if you're married to someone who's struggling with infertility I can't even explain to you what a role that you play in helping carry that burden and making your wife feel comfortable and worthy oh gosh and worthy of being a woman without feeling like she was less than because she couldn't perform this task because I think that's something I struggled with so much that it was something that I couldn't make happen. It wasn't a win that I could force into existence. And so Justin has done such an incredible job of just being an encouragement to me and that when I take a pregnancy test month to month, asking one month to the next whether I want to be pregnant or not, because I'll be real honest with you, there's some months that I'm not ready to be pregnant. I love what I do. I love work. 
I love where my life is at right now, and I just don't know that I'm ready to be pregnant yet. And so it changes monthly, and that's okay, too. In the conversation about having children before we got married, we also talked about how we wanted to wait until we were, like, 30, or at least Justin was 30, and I would be 28 to start trying or before we adopted, because we just wanted time together. And even though we've dated seven years before we got married, we wanted to spend more time together, just us, and travel the world. And we knew that we could, at that point, be in a place financially that we could be more comfortable. And so I don't know if I've ever mentioned it before, you know, within social media or obviously not in the podcast land yet, but the doctors have told me that if I am able to get pregnant or have children biologically, I need to do so before I'm 30 because they would are thinking that I'm going to need a hysterectomy at that time just due to my issues. And the compounding layer of stress that kind of provided for us because that was totally not our plan and what we wanted. And I had to take time to understand, once again, it's not about what I want, but about what God thinks we need. And also feeling that ticking time bomb of every year gets a little closer to that deadline. And if I wanted to have one or if I want to have two biologically, what that would break down to time-wise and timeline-wise, especially when you factor in your husband being military. And so everything has totally been turned on its head from what we expected and what we imagined. And so that's also how we know that we have to trust God in this season. And we have to know that God is in every bit of part of this story. And God has a far better plan than we tried to make. And Justin even looked at me just last week after watching the sermon and said, maybe our struggle with starting a family and how this has always just not gone according to plan is a part of our story as a couple and a part of how we point people to Jesus. And because if we get pregnant without any help from the doctor other than, you know, having a procedure and so not IVF or drugs or whatever else, because that's just not for me. The only thing we'll be able to point to is Jesus, and we're going to give him all the glory because we know he can do it. Man, if he can make a virgin pregnant, to be sure not, he can help me. (laughs) So we're just in prayer for that, and we are finding peace with whatever God has in store for us. So do not pity me, but I will take all the prayers for recovery. Um, And if you're out there struggling to get pregnant or trying to find peace in the season that you're in, of infertility know that you're not alone and that it's okay to feel the suck and it's okay to not know one whether you want kids or not either as a woman it's okay to be happily married and that's all and just have a cat or a dog so don't let society make you feel less than as a woman it's okay to go to a baby shower and leave and feel relief it's okay to you know take care of a baby for a couple hours and say thank god i don't have one yet It doesn't make you the devil. It doesn't make you a terrible person. God put different desires on all of our hearts to accomplish different tasks. And you're no less of a person for that. So thank you for listening to my story. I hope I didn't ramble on too much. But I want people to understand that 
though we have struggled with infertility for four years, it's not been this four-year-long consistent prayer journey of praying for a baby like my life depended on it. And it doesn't hurt my feelings most of the time when I see pregnancy announcements. Now, I will say I do get frustrated sometimes when people seem to get pregnant in like three days. But that's only human. And back to that whole probably a little bit of a competitive spirit thing. But it's okay for some weeks for it to suck and for some weeks for it to be almost a blessing that you haven't gotten pregnant yet. So live in whatever season you're in. Pray that God guides you in whatever direction he is wanting for your life. And love the company of your husband because God has given you each other for a reason and for him to be a part of that journey. And I cannot wait to rejoice with you someday that we're able to have children, whether that is by adoption or biologically. We're going to give God all the glory. So hopefully by the time you've listened to this, I'm either taken back in surgery or I'm on the way out and recovering and doing good. Prayers are always welcome. And if I'm a little quiet for a few days, you know why. So thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week.